right. Thank you guys for tuning in and welcome to another episode of Rhythm and Bay Podcast. As always, I'm your host who does the most, Jasmine Ellis, and I am so excited. I know I say this every time I talk to someone, but that's because I talk to people who are dope. Like I always talk to the coolest people. So I'm really excited. This guy is just one of my favorite all-around comedians and human human beings. If you haven't had the pleasure of watching him perform live, you can listen to his album. It's on Spotify, iTunes, all the things. Give it up, y'all, for Bryson Brown, everybody. Ah, what's up? What's up, Jeff? What's going on, man? Man, I'm just, I'm just holding it together, man. I mean, I know it's weird because it's just like, God, it feels like this pandemic is never going to end. Right. And it is. I'm sure it's like, how is it in Austin right now? Like, are you going out and about or are you like, like, what's up with with Austin right now? Well, you know, I live in Houston, right? So, um, uh, yes, yeah, so I'm from Austin. I live in Houston, but I mean, Houston is open, open for business. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, it's open. Like, it, it, you wouldn't even know it was something going on out here. Like, clubs is open. Comedy is going on. Uh, I mean, it's capacity. You know what I mean? It's like 50% capacity, but... I don't think people count the numbers too much. <laughs> you feel me? So you had like, to like wait in line to get inside a grocery store or anything, or no? Like, so I don't, I don't really go out too much. Uh, we just had a baby, and then I have a six-year-old and a wife, so I'm kind of like working only, you know, into the grocery mm-hmm. store. That's kind of like the only time I move. I don't really do to go out to dinner and and you know, like the the little things we we not doing right now. So. I can speak on Christmas shopping. I went out Christmas shopping. There were lines everywhere, and I kind of just went to stores that were empty, with no lines, so I can get in and get out. You know what I mean? You men so folk, like, you men folk, yeah. wait to the last minute and having to go yeah, in. Yeah, my yeah. dad, <laughs> my father shops every Christmas Eve, and he's like, he every this year I begged him. I was like, Daddy, you are like sixty-five years old. Don't be out in the stores. That everybody wants to wear their like whatever it is I'll order it for you but he just likes to wait the last minute and when I used to work retail y'all were my favorite because I'd be like oh sir you look lost can I help you find something and they'd be like I don't know what my wife needs I'm like I know what your wife needs Commission time. I need <laughs> y'all look, were that's crazy because I, I, I literally went in there like what was on what Friday this year was it was it on Friday or Saturday one yeah, of those yeah, so I think I worked that weekend of got we got back in town Monday. I chilled Monday. I think I got I chilled too. I think I got a Wednesday and did Christmas shopping on, on that Wednesday before Christmas. So it was the the Christmas Eve, the Eve before Christmas Eve is when I when I did my Christmas shopping. Wow. You did what you had to do though. You did what you had to do. And congratulations on the new baby. Oh, right, thank I you. Appreciate it. I hate Facebook sometimes so much because I feel like the algorithm is always set up to show me like if people are fighting over politics or if they're yeah, trying so to sell Yeah. But then I miss yeah. out on like important moments about for people's lives, people I care about. So I didn't even know yeah. you had a baby. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We uh she was born in September, September thirty, so she she going on four months now. Um but then, you know, I'm one of them people, man, I don't plaster the family all on the on the on a social media like that. I might post a few pictures here and there, birthdays and, you know, special stuff. I ain't, you know, I ain't one of them parents that's going to just post a picture because it's a Tuesday. So, <laughs> I got to know, what do you think of parents who create an Instagram account for the baby and then be like yeah. messaging as the baby? What do you think? <laughs> that's too bad. Yeah, it's too much. Like, it's too much for the kid. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like this, the, the social media is for grown-ups, you know, grown-ups, you know, high teenagers, like anything less than that, I don't feel like they should have a page. That's just me. Like my baby, they're not gonna have a page until Instagram probably be done with by the time I'm okay with them having anything social media related. <laughs> yeah, I, honestly, I hope Instagram is done in like a year. And this is just because, like, I yeah. don't know. It's the algorithm. It makes you feel mentally ill because I'll post a picture, and then if I don't get a certain amount of likes, I'm like, damn, am I ugly? Like, like, <laughs> it's it, well, yeah. Especially if you like a, a skit creator or anything like that, you know, because you want something to drop and then you want to get them instant views. But sometimes it just don't post. It's the wrong time. It's so much that go into the algorithm, whole details, the time, the day, uh, what you post, the title, the tags. It's just so much. I'm just pretty much I just drop it and whoever fool with it, they fool with. It. I don't even look at it too much. no more. Have you ever had like you created a sketch or a skit or put some comedy online? And it like 
it got, oh, it, got like, it didn't get the reception you expected, and then something else that you thought was stupid got a big reception. Have you ever had that happen? All the time. It's the ones that I, I that have me laughing the most that get, you know what I mean, seventy five views versus the one I kind of just do with the phone and just chunk it out there. And that's what I realized. I'm like, okay, so the more topical stuff uh, is what's going to get the most views. If you try to create something, you know what I mean? That's probably not going to fly the best uh, yeah. from, from my research, right? Like, the more creative you are, the less views. It's the ones that just kind of jump on and just talk the shit with the camera. Like, ooh, million views. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yes, I I mean when I like put on wigs and like write out actual characters, nothing. When it's just nothing. like you know what gets on my nerves and I'm just in the camp uh, every time. <laughs> A million plus, right? Like that's that's it. I can't keep doing this. I'm too creative to do that, right? Oh, yeah. That'll kill me that. That, doing that. <laughs> so the format of the show I want to kind of break it down because it's usually three parts um, the first part of the show is we do a section called Off the Record and what I like to do is I kind of inform my guests of some music history and even though the show is called Rhythm and Bay it's not always R&B music sometimes it's hip hop, sometimes it's rock it's whatever, it's really whatever artist has a really interesting story so this okay. week I am going to tell you about one that is near and dear to my heart because this scandal rocked my world when I was like <laughs> It was the kind of thing that was like to me the biggest news in the world. And I'm curious if, if this even meant anything to you, if you even knew about it. Were you familiar with the group 3LW? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, the three little women. I think that's what they, that, that's, that was. Yes, the, okay. Yeah, you remember yeah, yeah. 3LW? You know, promise this, promise this, like that kind of thing. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, know. <laughs> I think that might, I think that was my high school years. So yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I remember 3 years. It might have been. Yeah, somewhere around there. I okay. do remember that. Okay, very much so. So here's the thing college. about 3 LW. What'd you say? No, I'm saying, well, it might have been college. I'm kind of thinking around, like, where was I when they came out? But I do remember them. They had some hits. Okay. They had some hits. They were short-lived, but they had quite a few different hits. If you're a fan of the show Power, one of the lead actresses on the show Power, I think her character's name is Tasha, played by Turi Naughton. And mm -hmm. she's had a lot of success with that. And a lot of people don't realize she's the same one from that group. Well, the reason why I'm bringing up 3LW today is because, in my opinion, they had the messiest girl group breakup of all time. I think when it comes down to some girl group breakups are devastating because the group falls apart and there's nothing without each other and you don't really get any individual art from each other. Some girl group breakups, like, you know, um, Destiny's Child, they were replacing members left and right. It just kind of became Yeah, a joke. you just didn't know. <laughs> what was messy about the way 3LW broke up was literally how they do it. Now, let me ask you this. Do you remember hearing about their breakup? Like, do you remember anything about it at all? I, I just remember, like, a lot of fighting uh, because the, I think the Latino one, ain't, ain't that, that, that's the one that's on, like, the talk show, right? Adrian Pallion, yes. Yeah, so I remember her in a light-skinned one. I think they were kind of beefing with the dark skin one. Am I correct? Like, or, or is it the other way around? No, you're exactly right. So here's what okay. happened as far as the official answers they give out in the world. So 3LW, uh, AKA Three Little Women, they had had major success with their first album called Three Little Women. Um, it was a huge success. They were doing great. And then their management made the decision that they were just going to completely uh, get rid of Naturi. And what they did is they told the other two members and didn't tell her. So they're on like a promo tour still. And the manager, the group's manager, whose by the name is named Michelle Williams, I believe, oh, she's the mother of Keely Williams, aka the light skin one with the gap. With the, the light skin with the gap, yeah. What? And it's funny too, because I'm not gonna lie, to me, she's the weakest link. I think like when you think back about like who was like good in that group, it wasn't her. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. She, I, I think I didn't like her smile. I think it was the gap, dog. It was that the gap did it. The gap did it. Like Luke is the only one who can get away with the gap. You know, what I mean? other than Luke, can <laughs> no gap of entertainment. I mean, Jamie Foxx had a little bit, but as soon as he got some money, he fixed he it. Though, dog, because he knew you can't see yeah. with no gap, dog. He's spitting on people in the crowd and shit. You know, shit comes through that gap. You know, that shit ain't safe. 
something like a post-COVID world, like no one with a gap is allowed to perform without a mask on. And like it's a hazard. Gotta have a mask. <laughs> All gap so, artists, please. <laughs> So here's the official thing that came from them, um, uh, coming from Naturi Narton, and this was the, from 2002. I had to do some research because I didn't want to provide you with the story that they're telling now. Because, you know, hindsight is 2020. 20. 15 years after a fight, you're not going to, you're going to remember, like, at least that's how I, I always remember myself as being much more composed than I really was you don't in the, the argument. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. You don't remember the parts that got you where, to where it, it landed. Mm-hmm. So there was an argument, this is from Naturi, by the way. There was an argument between me and Michelle, the, the 18-year-old singer told MTV News, referring to the group's manager, who was also a member of Kaylee Williams' mother. And Keely and Adrian are cursing me out. And before I know it, Keely throws her plate of food all in my face. Mashed potatoes, macaroni, all in my hair, down my clothes, messed up my hair. Nobody has the right to hit me. That's not what I'm here for, to be physically abused. So I said, get me a flight back to New York, New Jersey, and they wouldn't help me out to get tickets at all so they okay. got into a fight at a kfc they stopped to eat while they were on this promo might as well be around some chicken <laughs> which is why to me it is the messiest because you can have messy and emotional mess but when you have actual fried chicken mashed potatoes and macaroni and cheese thrown at people, you're losing your mind. And for the record, Keely threw the plate of macaroni and cheese. There was another version of the story where Keely claimed that her little baby sister, who was like two, was playing in her food. And then a little bit of the food got on Naturi and Naturi exaggerated. That was proven by Adrian and she lied. She said it was a baby flicking peas when it was like a full on dinner thrown in her face. <laughs> mashed potatoes are hot in the middle too like it had to burn like that ain't shit oh. that just, you know cool on the outside but in the middle of potatoes that shit can get hot right there on this hit on the forehead it can burn it's crazy to me. i don't i mean the thing is they never tell what was going on with the split beforehand all i got is this information here not in it's usually about months. money but yeah i don't know i don't know it's what happened? I bet you it's about money because Naturi, if you listen to the first album, Naturi does most of the lead vocals. Mm. But I don't think they built that group wanting Naturi to be It wasn't supposed I think to be they, around her, yeah. It was supposed to be around so, the, the daughter of the, the manager. But they were working with some really big producers. I remember Nas was featured on their first album. They had Naughty by Nature on one of them. So you've got these great producers and they care about music. They listen to voices. They know yeah. Naturi has the best voice, so they, they give her more part. Yeah. So it's always it's always about money and it's always about ego, which is interesting. But here's one more little quote I wanted to give you guys. Uh, Naughton also claimed to have endured months of mounting tension between the group's management and herself. For a long time, the girls of 3LW were tight. That wasn't the problem, she said. It was a push by management who always had something about Naturi. They said, we need to get her out. You guys would be better off as if I'm bringing the group down and holding them back. All of this stuff about how I don't fit the girl can Mac image, but I think it's crazy that they were trying to split up what was strong, what was successful, and they did it. She said every supports her to out include complaints about her choice of clothing, clothing, decisions to keep her from singing on upcoming songs, and even a suggestion that Naughton announce her plans to leave the group in order to attend college. The singer said she tried to smooth things over, but she refused to <laughs> They tried to send her to school. <laughs> Why is that so funny to me? We're gonna get you an education, like like there's a college basketball player. Really, when you think about it, because the first album, I remember the way they were dressed. You know, when you're when you're like a preteen, your parents, especially when you're a girl, and you know, you as a dad, you want your kids to be your kids, but you also want to keep young girls from being over sexualized. There's just so much mm -hmm. imagery trying to make them grow up too fast. And so I remember my mom being like, "Oh, you can have this. This looks like girls you should listen to." Yeah. And their second album. They had on these like tight black leather like <laughs> and she said, "What the hell is a girl can neck? I am buying you this," and she did not want me to have it. And I remember Naturi had on like a one piece, and the other two had on like these teeny little triangle bikinis, and 
it was a weird, I feel like they were trying to hypersexualize them, which is weird when you think about the fact that the manager was one of their mamas. Yeah, and yeah. Maybe she- That's why you, yeah, it's crazy. That's why you got to salute, like, uh, child stars like Raven Simone, right? Who never, mm-hmm. like, went that route. She just stayed in her lane, rich as hell, I'm pretty sure of. And mm-hmm. was her person, you know what I mean? Like she never went overly sexual. She just kept it for the for the kids. Like my daughter can 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 watch Raven Simone right now. She's a yeah. grown lady, but I don't mind my kid watching the Raven Simone, or whatever. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what she's doing now. You know, right? <laughs> I'm talking Actually, about older. On a remake of uh, her own show called Raven's Home, which okay, <laughs> it made me mad. Here's why: because remember, Raven was supposed to be a psychic, right? Mm-hmm the future so when yeah. they brought the bring back like when they brought back what do you call it the uh the reboot of the show the raven's reboot. home she has two twin kids that are 12 years old so if you do the math on it she got pregnant at 19 how do you see the future and still get pregnant end up pregnant and divorced at 29 that'll make no sense you can That's see funny. the future still You're <laughs> You didn't listen to yourself at all, I see her. I've been you mad about your this. Sister, yes, and she's divorced. And I'm like, how do you not see? I mean, what the hell kind of like? If it feels I was like her buddies, most- I would have been mad. Like all the shit you told me, you probably wasn't right, Raven. Right? Your future was bullshit. <laughs> um, man, but yeah, around the time that three, so just to wrap up their story, around the time that three LW had their big fancy breakup, they added a third member named Jessica. I remember this vividly because she was. She was dark skin. Um, mm. She was dark skin, but she was skinnier, and she would wear like the tiny outfits like them. And then uh, the Adrian Balian and Keely Williams got to be a part of the Cheetah Girls, and little Jessica just disappeared, never to be seen or heard from again. I I don't know what they did to her. I don't know where she is. If you're in a bunker somewhere, call us. Like where <gasps> she don't even have a Wikipedia. When you go to the 3LW Wikipedia, you can click on Adrian, Keely, Naturi, and Jessica got nothing. Nothing. Just uh, nothing. I think you got to put in, maybe you got to put in at least eight months in the group to be considered an actual member. Maybe she was still in training or some shit. <laughs> 3LW so in training. So the other two, they join Raven Simone and uh, Sabrina Bryant, and they become the Cheetah Girls, which is a movie, book, and music mm. franchise, and makes them quite a bit of money. And that's yeah, but I think Raven Simone and the uh, and the and the, um, the little Latino one didn't they get into it with the Cheetah Girls? Like that's why the Cheetah Girls broke up was because of that, right? You got to do research on that one. Now that one, that was all rumors. I looked into that, and that was all rumors. Mm. I think it was because it's like when one person gets into a conflict once, people are like, "Okay, what's the common denominator?" Because you've been a part of two groups that broke up, that so it's gonna be up, your yeah. thing. But what happened with the Cheetah Girls, it wasn't, they were never actually a group. They were, mm. it was a book series that was turned was into it a movie. movie. Okay. Yes. And so they were just actors going on tour, but it was never actually meant to be a group. And it was okay. only supposed to last the duration of three movies. So when it was over, it was over. Yeah. But uh, once you're in one fight though, everyone's like, I heard it's her fault. I heard she gets in the fight. <laughs> you see how I said it. Didn't they get into it and broke up the Cheetah Girls? <laughs> It is really funny to look back on like what you thought you heard because I remember being like that baby just barely hit her with mashed potatoes and now that I know an entire KFC dinner was dumped on that woman. (laughs) I I have problems with Michelle Williams, Keely Williams, and Baby Williams. I don't like none of them now. (laughs) Uh, All (laughs) Williams. All right, so that's going to wrap up off the record for this week. Uh, we're going to go ahead and add, uh, What do you remember any uh, any 3LW songs that you would like put on your playlist for this episode? Like, oh, that was a bop. Like, do you remember any of their songs? Just a popular one um, where they re- kept repeating the word. What was no that? More? Yeah, I think that's the one. Yeah, All right, so I we're going to add yeah, don't No More. Don't get me trying to hum it. Yeah. <laughs> No, it's such a, like, I t- this was such a developmental part of my life. Like, I remember the rap, and they were, like, 12 years old, and so the rap was like, and, yo, you promised me Kate Spade, but that was last year, boy, in the eighth grade. And you're a big baby boy, so no, it ain't one more chance. Like, it was so. <laughs> that was your joy. 
They, they raised you. It was too important to me. So that's going to wrap it up for Off the Record. Our okay. first track of this episode is going to be No More by 3LW. And now I'm going to turn it over to you, Bryson. You get to pick our next five. So the way this section works is it's the story of your song. I need to know five songs that you would say tell the story of your life. Five songs that you have an attachment to that maybe tell a story about. It doesn't have to be your favorite songs. But these songs remind you of something or someone that really affected you. So go ahead and give me number okay. five. So number five, and this is actually in no particular order, but the first okay. one, the one that's number one is in order. So the only one that's in order is the first song. The first song is my absolute favorite song. So Why does we'll that make start, perfect sense to me? <laughs> yeah, yeah, so we'll start with number five. We're going to go with Tupac. This song is called Nightlight. Produced by DJ Kick, and it's a Tupac song. It's not an album cut. It's like one of those unreleased tracks. Um, so you can find it on YouTube only, but it's called Nightlife. So that's. Why can't make my life so hard? <laughs> Sorry. That's something that's YouTube only. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> tell me, so, tell me why, why that song in particular? Just, just the, his verse on there is kind of just. A classic, you know, he's just explaining the nightlife of LA or just wherever you at and you get ready to go out, you're getting dressed, you with your homies, how you hitting the club. It just put you in that, put me in that mood of getting dressed. You know what I mean? It's one of them songs I listen to in a, in a hotel before I get dressed and be ready for the show. Oh, see, I know about yeah. that. Like when you're trying to put yourself in the right headspace before a show and the yeah, kind of this music is one that of like, that's one of those songs that does that for you. What is, is so... Yeah, that's one of them. But if you can't find it, that's cool. It's it's literally only on YouTube. That's the only place I can pull it up. I found all the lyrics. And it's interesting because it does one of my favorite things. It starts with someone else talking to him. Oh, yeah. Great. Hey, yo, Pop, what up? <laughs> I miss like, that. I miss when every song I started with intro. a skit. It had an intro, yes. yeah. That's what made me start doing stand-up was, the, was the, the skit era of albums. I was doing skits on homies' albums, and on the album, it would say intro comedian Bryson. I wasn't a comedian then, but I was doing skits. And so one day, I just looked at it like, well, shit, let me try it. They call me a comedian. Let me see what's up. And yeah. So you just got the job of being funny on other people's music? Yeah, that's how I started. Just doing That's intros. Like <laughs> I was doing like intros for like a lot of the homies' mixtapes, and I was getting kind of known for it. Like I would go to like the football games, and people would be like, "Hey, ain't you Bryson? You do the intros? On the, uh, you comedian Bryson do the intros and shit on on, on the on the music? Yes, yeah. Texas relays, we was cracking. <laughs> it was crazy. All from intros. Texas relays. Texas, Texas relays had me thinking there were black people in Austin like that. Like I know there are, oh, yeah. but you know, like. We, if you just came for relays, you would think the demographic was it's completely like different. You would think it like the air weekend until you until like the weekend after the, the weekend of the relays, the second weekend after the relays, you're like, okay. Because <laughs> the second weekend after the relays, people got stuck, they ain't made it home yet, they still hanging out. But that second weekend goes back to its normal. <laughs> you know, East oh. Austin for y'all only. <laughs> it's a wild experience. I remember going to relays in college. That is so, like, that is, funny thing about doing skits on albums is like, like even now I love the era. I feel like it's almost coming back because I know like Chris uh, Chris Rock did something on Lil Nas X's mm -hmm. project. Yeah, it's yeah, so yeah. funny, to the beginning of a music video where they just have, I don't know, it's one of those quintessential black comedian things. Like when you think of yeah, like- Yeah, that's how I started, man. Yeah, back in like 05, like 04, 05. Like Lil Duval was doing hella skits on albums. You had uh, Ricky Harris. You know he was. You know uh, he was. Um, I was my man uh, on a Snoop Dogg on the Snoop Dogg video. You know what I mean? Mm. My name's Ty Dow. You know what I mean? Like so, yeah. You had you had all these comedians. That's pretty, that's how I started. I started with skits and, and took it to the stage. So what's one we can find you on? Because I'm gonna add it to the track. What's one we can find you on? So I used to run with this. I used to run with this uh, with this label called Above All Entertainment, right? And I'm pretty sure they have some stuff on YouTube. I'm not sure. You know, that's something I need to look into. I need to listen to some old skits. I don't know, but I used to do a lot of skits for them. 
league. Um, matter of fact, okay, it's a video called uh, uh, Hun, Hun Corey. It's like an African word meaning happy or whatever. But this is I did a skit on they on they where I dressed up as a cop. Uh, League of Extraordinary G's. You spell it H A N K A N I is how you spell the name of the song. But that's one. Uh, it's a few of them, man. It's 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 a lot of stuff floating around. <laughs> you don't know how much stuff you got floating around until you kind of look yourself up. Like, hey, I forgot about that. That's true. I didn't know that my first set was on the internet. Like the very first time I ever got on stage, a full ten yeah. minute ass set was on there, and they didn't mic the audience they only mic me so it looks like i just think i'm killing it in front of a completely silent crowd <laughs> i had to email i was like can you please remove this from all remove, the internet? Like, oh man yeah like yeah i was i remember at the beginning like was and then i started before like there wasn't a lot of recording at that time like i started in 0405 well mm-hmm. let's say 05 i started in 05 so it wasn't yeah it wasn't no recording of the sets you know what I mean? It were big cameras people used to bring in there, so you knew you were getting recorded, but it wasn't a lot of that, you know, with the little phone, you know what I mean? Sneaking and recording, so you was kind of free to stay and do whatever a lot on stage at that time. You was, you was free to mess up. You was free to bomb and everybody didn't see it or talk about it, you know what I mean? It was truly like, these people don't know me. I can say what I want, and if I do good, if I don't do good, I never probably see these people again. It was like that. It's not like that. No years. More. So you've been doing comedy 16 yeah. years. Yeah, well, I say I started in 05, so I, I gave it a try in 05. And then, you know, just on and off, on and off. So I really say 08 is when I kind of started and mm-hmm. not, not stopped. Like from 08, it's been consistent. Um, from 2012, it's been full time. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah the biggest change from when you started to now as far as as far as the industry of comedy and what's expected of you as a comedian just uh the 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 numbers you know what i mean the it's the the followers the kind of the kind of things they look at you know what i mean you gotta they want you to have a certain amount of followers on your, your instagram numbers your your algorithm numbers you know just that as a whole is kind of the thing that's like ah. Uh, just let me get in here and, and get in front of these people, and I guarantee, you know, it'd be, you know what I mean? Like this, mm-hmm. yeah, so just the, it is, the fluctuation of the numbers. They want you to have these, these numbers. It's really know? frustrating because, like, how how many likes you get on a video is not an indicative of how funny you will be in a club setting or how well you'll do performing. Right. But it, they don't care. They want numbers. <laughs> they want yeah, numbers. for the most part, like, and you would think. I mean, because we all hear, we hear the stories of, of these social media guys coming into these clubs doing these one-nighters and stinking up the joint, right? But you would think, like, if that happened so many times, the club would be like, all right, let's go back to the basics of grooming these comics, paper in the room, let's, let's raise a few local comics into the club so they can become whatever they might become and, you know, continue to do that. But now it's not even that. You got local guys that can't even see, see their home club. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like... They don't see their home club because they, they can't get booked. It's like everybody bringing somebody or it's like only one nighter with these big numbers. They got, the, you know, they can bring the crowd in, but the stage show is trash. You know, it ain't, mm-hmm. it ain't what it's supposed to be. You know what I mean? So the it's a weird time. That's why that's the weirdest thing. With clout being like, like clout being this thing that everybody wants. The funny thing is like the IG comic can suck and be terrible. And the audience member, what I've noticed is they don't go online and say that person suck. They post they the don't. picture they took with them afterwards so they can, so everyone can see they took a photo with this person with all these followers. It's like, weird, it's like, right? Yeah, that's the weirdest thing. Like, cause I mean, we hear the stuff. I mean, I know I hear the stories of, you know, I ain't gonna say, we ain't gotta say no name, but we hear the stories, right? But it's like, why don't the people <laughs> voice the opinion of us? Like we can't, I can't say such and such is trash because now I'm hating, right? But y'all should say this. Like if the show it sucks, you should say, "Hey man, this show sucks." Say it. You say everything else. <laughs> it's funny too. People are harder online on people who do stand up in real life. Like, oh, I was watching yeah. Comedy Central. Do you follow Comedy Central on any social media? If you do, I do. If, ugh, the comments people leave are really funny because people will be like, 
why does it sound like the audience is laughing so hard? I didn't laugh at all at home. And it's like, nigga, shut up. Like, <laughs> you weren't at home. You was at home. You weren't in the show. You wasn't next to nobody that was laughing. You didn't have a drink in your system. You didn't, you know, you're not in the in the, in the the spirit of the comedy club, dog. So, of course, you're not going to laugh as hard as whatever. You know what I mean? But, yeah, that online, clips online, like, I do them here and there, but I don't do them enough uh, just because of that fact. I don't, I'd rather not even have all that, you know what I'm saying? Because I know what I'm doing on the stage. And for somebody to listen to it at home and to dictate what the stage, like, I'd rather not. So I'll drop a few here and there and and just, you know, come see me, dog. I'm, I'm old school with it, you know. You'll have to come see me. If you're a comedy fan, you will see me one day. Yeah, I agree, though, because I think it's better. Because once you put something out there, what sucks is people have already seen it. And sometimes you just write some, like, God, like I did my dry bar comedy special and there's still little pieces where I go, oh, I see that's so much funnier now. Because it yeah, took like a yeah, year yeah. for it to come out. I mean, and- well, we gonna be like that. We gonna be like that anyway. Like that's why when I put out a project, like I don't even listen to it, honestly. Like I hadn't heard, I heard the EP. The only reason I heard the EP I just released is because I did like a listening, kind of like a listening session live. Other than that, I wouldn't even have heard it. I hadn't heard, I hadn't heard Sidebet. Like, I don't, I don't listen to them, dog. I swear I don't, because I don't want to go into that, right? Like, oh man, I just, what was I thinking of releasing that? Like, nah, at the time, it's cold. Like, it's supposed to not sound as good now because you didn't expand it or your mind is in a different space. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, like I'm pretty sure you listen to some old shit or look at an old painting and be like, why the hell did I draw his head that damn big? What was I thinking? You know, or whatever. But at the time, it was what it was. So I don't, I try not to even go listen to it you know what I mean I kind of just let it live in whatever space it's in I think that's a healthy perspective to have because if you get too fast if you get too focused on perfection then you'll never do anything and then how are you supposed to grow yeah like I'm like this last year I'm really on some just drop it my mentality is just drop it though like if I want to drop an EP or record 10 15 20 minutes if it ain't just drop that drop it because what's gonna happen is just you're just letting it grow in a space within it where it's growing. Like at that time, the shit is gonna it's cold. You know what I mean? It's just, that's why yeah. I'm at with it. I have you. You're choosing a song that you like to like get in your headspace with makes me think of so many other questions, but I don't want to step on your songs. So let's go ahead it's and hear good. your second song. What is okay, it? Okay, so second my second song is so this song is Donnell Jones. Shorty got her eyes on me. Now, I chose this song. This is like probably one of my top five favorite R&B songs. And it's, it's, it's like, it's a guy R&B song though. So it's not like all mushy. It's kind of on some player smooth, letting the lady know, you know what I mean? If you, you know, I'm talking to you, but if you, you know, it, it's a cold ass song. So Donnell Jones, she already got her eyes on me. It's probably poor. That's one of them songs I can't live without. I listen to it on road trips. If I'm going, uh, more than an hour I'm listening to that song. Oh, so this is off of Where I Want to Be, which, yeah, by the way, yeah, yeah. probably one of my favorite albums. <laughs> I hate Where I Want to Be so much. Like, I hate it so much. I literally had this, this dude in college, like, send me the lyrics to, like, try to explain why he needed to date a few people at the same we time. We all did it. Every minute. <laughs> Donnell. Hey, D spoke for all of us on that album. I, look, I'm telling you, I'm married and everything. I listened to that album. Like, it just put me in the space of of that time. It's like, I love that album. album but that song, is, that's probably my favorite song. This is uh, Shorty, that, that song is my favorite song on the album. Um, and like I said, it's probably my top five favorite. It is, it's my top five favorite R&B song. Uh, but yeah, that's my shit. Giving me all the nineties, nineties, like it's. it's you see what I'm like, yeah, see, I'm oh, you know, uh, you know, that's why I came up. <laughs> Literally the first verse, and I'm looking at the lyrics, and this is like usually they don't include ad libs and lyrics, so you gotta have a <laughs> lot of ad libs because it literally goes oh 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 yeah 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 whoa 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 yeah. whoa. <laughs> Listen, baby. <laughs> you know, you know. Listen, baby. <laughs> Listen, baby. Listen. Let me holler at you real quick. I hate it. Real quick. <laughs> and when D I say Jones. I hate it, I love it. <laughs> D Jones, man. Yeah, that's the that's the guy right there. 
underrated. So as far as like your road trip mix, like what, when you put songs together to get on the road from gig to gig, what do you like, what vibe are you going for when you make a road trip playlist? It's literally the same song because I like, it's my vibe. It's like, I don't, you know what I mean? I, I listen to this. If you're on the road with me and we going to Dallas and we're going to and from Dallas, we're probably going to listen to the same songs in a different order. Like I only have a, a like a, a selective choice. You feel me? Like I don't, you know, I like what I like. Uh, you know, some new artists I get into, but most of my stuff is going to be nineties, uh, early two thousands type. You know what I mean? When I was in school with, you know, what raised me pretty much shit that can kind of mm -hmm. bring me back and, you know, reminisce and on the road and shit like that. Do you go for like a, a vibe that's good to smoke to, to chill to? It seems a little bit more relaxed. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm a chill. I'm real chill. So, you know, that's right down my alley anyway. So I'm going to be able to do, I'm going to be able to smoke and listen to everything at the same time because it's all the same vibe. It's just like, you know, it might be some song that's going to be, you know, a little hyper and I, you know, get a little hype, but the next song is going to put me right back into pocket. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love it. This is, you were really putting me on some stuff I hadn't heard from, from artists I already like. So that's always fun when, like, that's, that's one thing fun. about this podcast is I don't claim to be some music aficionado who knows every song that's ever been made. So yeah. I let you guys teach me. So this is, uh, <laughs> these lyrics. <laughs> I'm telling you, the song, he broke it down so cold. He was like, look, she got her eyes on me. What you gonna do? Because <laughs> we in here, <laughs> you know? It is like it is very cat daddy at the bar yeah. being like, look, it's the end of the night, you know, you can come in or not. Like <laughs> that was before I met my wife, that was my getting ready to go to the club song. Like I would listen to that, get into my little old, you know what I mean? Uh <laughs> Darius Love Hall from Love Jones vibe. <laughs> yeah. I love it. I love it. Go ahead and hit me with song number three. All right, song number three is from uh, this cat named Rock Marciano. He's a New York rapper. He's probably one of three of probably the only rappers that I've been listening to for the past year on a consistent basis. So between Rock Marciano, Currency, and uh, this cat from Austin named Do Wrong, he is one of three. And the song is called Richard Gear. It is... Hmm. Uh, it's it's pretty much my spirit animal song. Like that's the song I listen to. It's a cocky song. Like that's like my if 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 that was comedy, this would be, you know what I mean? This is kind of what I listen to to kind of get me in the mood to do comedy. Right. I was you know? gonna I feel like there's when it comes to like comedy and music, like one thing we all like is we need like we need the song in the hotel room when you're getting ready. And you, yeah. then you need the song in your headphones backstage. And yeah, this is the headphone backstage song right here. This is the one backstage. <laughs> this is the one where, like, I'm the cockiest in my mind. Like, You know what I mean? Like, everything yeah. that, I, that I don't say, is in, I'm, I would say it at that moment if this song was to go off and you said something to me. Like, it's coming out. <laughs> you know what I mean? You have to believe, like, I don't know, like, I don't know if you're ever like, like for me, it's like, I'm that bitch. Like I have to tell myself like, I'm that bitch in my head. Like exactly. whatever, yeah. I, I am that funny. I am that good. I am that talented. Like, they, ain't, they ain't fooling with it in here. Like ain't nobody writing shit like that. Like this is that song that's going to get me in that mode. And uh, yeah, so Rock Marciano, Richard Gere. This is that song. Yeah. All right, so I'm looking at, I'm checking out the lyrics on it, Richard Gear. Is it gear like G-E-A-R or gear like G-E-R-E, -E, like the actor? G it's like the actor. Okay. Okay, Richard Gear, also a 90s icon, just so handsome. <laughs> yeah. You know what's great about him is he like, he's been old his whole career. So it felt yeah, like he wasn't right. really aging. He <laughs> 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 felt like he wasn't really aging because he's already an old white man. So he's just been like yeah. the same old white man. Let me know if you can find the song. It's so you can find it on it's on uh, iTunes, Apple Music. Genius lyrics is convinced it's spelled G E A R, so I'm just gonna have to look at it. Let me look, take a look at these lyrics. I think it's G. Well, G E A R. Yeah, I think it's G E A R. It's some gangster shit. He's talking about running from cops. <laughs> I think it's funny because I feel, 
I feel like comedians have like an alter ego in their mind of like like who yeah, we this would is the alter ego, right? <laughs> so I'm like, I think I'm a rapper. Like if I was if I wasn't coming out, I would be a rapper. Like I would, yeah. The, the beat is thought? hard. Like everything. I love that. I'm curious about this. Have you ever that. thought about being doing music too? Because I've noticed, like, you know, as a culture, Black people, we dominate music, we dominate comedy. Yeah. But I can't a lot, like, there's only like a handful of people doing musical comedy. Like, have you thought of going that route? No, not now. Yeah, no, I, I freestyle just just because I can put words, I can rhyme words, but I'm 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 not a, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not a songwriter. I'm not, no, I'm not, I'm not going to do all that. I don't even do parodies. Like, I'm not that good. I kind of just, you know, we smoking, we drinking, you know, it's a beat on, we going to freestyle. You know, we like that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We, we just for sport. You feel me? We, <laughs> yeah. So I got to know, did you pick a walk-up song as one of your songs or no? No, no, none of these are walk-up songs. Uh-uh. Okay, these then I'm going to ask. All of these songs are just like the songs that I probably listen to every day. Um, and they just favorite songs in, in each of this genre. I love that. I love that. I love that you chose songs that just like, that you like to listen to that put you in like a good headspace for performing. So yeah, I'm curious, what, what, uh, what songs do you like as a walk-up song? Walk-up song. So right now, the last, so we've been out since September. So since September, I've been coming out to Yo Gotti, Stay Your Distance. That's the song I've been uh, coming out to. Before that, it was Wiz Khalifa and Currency, Future. I come out to a lot of Future. I come out to a lot. So I come out to a lot of, like, you know, that. Yeah. I come out to Future. I come out. I was coming out to Young Thug. Well, he had a song that, that, I, that I like, um, Bankroll Fresh. So I come out to a lot of, like, trap music is what I come out to. So do you pick things that are current so that it like you think it'll like hype up the audience? It'll be something like uh, yeah, no, I, it's, it's 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 the it's totally me. It's what I want to hear. I don't care what they. <laughs> I try to put them on shit. Like so, my thing. I try to find songs that are that aren't on the radio. So I like when people come when after the show be like, "What's that? What that you came up to? What song was that you came up to? You know, what I'm not gonna put them on music because I'm a real underground. Okay. Like, I'm an underground head, you know what I mean? Like, so everything underground, you know, when the artists get mainstream, I probably leave them alone. I like stuff that's undiscovered. I like to put people on music, so that's where I'm at, you know what I mean? I'm an underground music guy. See, that is funny as hell coming from you, because you have my favorite joke about fame. My favorite joke, where you're like... (laughs) You like people are always like Bryson. How come you ain't on TV? And you're like, it's not like TV called. And I said, I don't want to. Like you know, what I'm you good. Saying? <laughs> I'm good. No, no, I, I, I like I like the grind, player. I like performing in front of 18 motherfuckers. Yes, when you open like that, it is the funny. It just it's so I love that so much. <laughs> Isn't that funny how we like we want underground artists, but like don't nobody want to be an underground comedian forever? No, no, like, like, like not forever. Like it's cool for a minute, but eventually you. Want to be like, okay, Netflix, it's your time. What's up, man? <laughs> Holla at um, me. Oh man, like it's it's funny because I'm at the point in my life where like the biggest honor I get is when people put me on these random the best comedians you haven't heard of lists, and I'm like, like you oh, consistently man. ain't heard of me. <laughs> how long? How long am I gonna be on this list, y'all? It's been years. I'm ready. I'm ready to be heard of. <laughs> yeah, me. Um, <laughs> that is so funny so you love your your underground stuff you like introducing people to new things see that's yeah. fun because a lot of comics like to come up to stuff that everybody knows to get the crowd hype personally i don't i okay i don't like having a dj on the show like 90 percent of the time i don't love it because a lot of times they don't know when to cut the shit off and like i'm not finna dance so like yeah no just... that, and, and, and i swear like so when i meet the sound man when we meet and he asking me, hey, what song? I'm like, hey, when I do this, cut it off. We don't do all of that. Ooh. No, I walk on stage, I grab the mic, cut it. And let's cut, let's start this. We're not going to do all of that. You remember this, don't you? We're not doing all of that. I'm ready. We're going to start this. Yeah, so I, I yeah, I have I have rules, please, dog. Please just cut it off when I do this. I don't, don't do no extra seconds. I don't want no chicka chicka. I don't want no horns. I don't want no DJ. Burn, burn. 
I don't want none of that, dog. Just stop the music and let's start this thing because I'm only up here for so long. <laughs> have, you, have you ever been on the show when the DJ's being really intrusive and like does sounds after your punchlines? That's what I mean. And it only happens when I'm in the bar and grills. That's why I don't like, I, I'm, I, I, I so try not to do them, dog. I so try to stay in the clubs, theaters. I try to do just, you know, stuff that is nice. With, I try to do shit with a sound man, not a DJ. <laughs> 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 no, 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 no. I like to speak to your sound person, not a disc jockey. There's a difference. If you're in a dude trip as a DJ, I, you have earned the right to be so, but I'm so, I'm learning a lot about you. I'm like, oh, okay, Bryson's a little bougie. He said no more bar and grill. Yeah, yeah, I don't chicken wing yeah, I'm a bougie. I do it, I do it when I want to, dog. I do it when I want to. I get that. I get that a lot because I don't like being in any space where the people there have a 50-50 chance of not knowing there's going to be comedy, but there's still going to be no. Exactly. Like, I'm done with those. Like I'm if if I want to do it, then I do it, but I'm not doing it because I have to do it. Like it's a difference, you know what I mean? Like I don't I, I don't want to have those road stories of we stayed in this woo woo, and then it was the comedy club was the like the back door. It was it was outside, and we did a porch show. Like no, I'm I'm not doing. It. I did all that already. I'm done with that. I'm at I'm at a level in my where I feel like I'm at. I'm comfortable. Like I'm only doing certain stuff. Like I say, if I want to do it, then I go in there and wrestle with a couple motherfuckers. But other than that, everything I do, it gotta be slick. I don't you know. As, as as good as possible, to, conducive to comedy as possible, I guess is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> yeah, I feel that. I feel that. Um, so tell me about your track number two. Track number two. All right, so we're going to go old school. This is probably, well, I don't want to say probably. This is my favorite uh, old school group, um, 80s group. I think 70s, 80s. I want to say 80s. Uh, 80s, early 90s. I know they dropped some shit in the early 90s. But this song, this group is called Loose Ends. Uh, and, the, and the song is called Hold Tight. All right. So this is one of those songs when, when I'm feeling depressed like and shit. Yeah, like when I'm feeling depressed and shit. And, you know, and it's like, God damn, what's going on? I'm going to put on Loose Ends and they're going to tell me. They're going to break it down to me. You know what I mean? They're going to tell me what's going on. So Loose Ends, Hold Tight. This is the cut right here. I clean up to it. My daughter know this song. Uh, we just play it. You know what I mean? Just one of them good Saturday cleanup songs that you can play around the house. Wow. Okay. This is I, when you said old school, I was like, oh, bet. I got this. You know, I thought I was going to, and I've never heard of this group. or heard never of this heard of Lucy You never heard of um, You Can't Stop the Rain? You Can't Stop the Rain. You Can't Stop the Rain. When it's I, I know. to fall. You know, Shaq redid the song, right? You don't know Shaq You Can't Stop the yeah, yeah, he was a you know Shaq did the "You Can't Stop the Rain" back in the '90s, but that's he remade "Loose Ends." That's they song. I didn't know Shaq rapped. Oh, Shaq was platinum. Shaq got no. platinum album. No, no. look it up. <laughs> he got songs with Biggie, Biggie Smalls. I'm not. Wow. Okay, so. I, I guess it's the youth. Oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah, exactly. This is great. First of all, you're going to have a Shaquille O'Neal song on your playlist. Sorry. Like you, you brought it up. And you bring well, it up on the who, episode. Uh, you, can't, you can't stop the rain because then that, that ties in to Loose Ends because he remade oh, Loose Ends. And you you know, you can go back and do research on that group right there, Loose Ends. Very I underrated. I just know about his like brief acting career when he was Kazam. Remember when he was yeah, a genius? No, yeah. he, he was rapping at the same time. I think his album came out like what? Either ninety, I want to see ninety four or ninety six, ninety four, ninety five, ninety six, somewhere around there. You can't stop the rain. He had a, he, that. That was a, a hit. He went platinum. That album went like sometimes platinum. How do I not know this? This is amazing. So taking yeah. it back to the actual song, the whole tight loose ends. All immediately when I open it up, the lyrics just jump out at me. Like it's a really mm. well written song. In a yeah, world of yeah, make-believe, yeah. life's too short for sadness and pain. We always complain, but nothing gets gained. Yet still, we play the game. In this world, there's no surprise. Every day, you'll find a sad story. There's no way we can find time. Some try, but only write a new sad story. Oh, my gosh. I actually, and then the, yeah, the hook is actually much more, it seems like it gets more optimistic as it goes on. You know, hold tight to your dreams. Your turn will come around. Hold tight to your dreams. Your turn will come around. I love it. Mm -hmm. 
that's the cut right there. So that's the, you know, whenever you kind of, you know, you figuring it out, you in a little place, you know, you might, I might not have gotten, got shows or I feel I'm feeling passed by. It's like, I play that and let me know your time's going to come. Just keep working. She's going to come around. It always does. So that's, what do you that's, say? That's, stay down until you come up? Stay down till you come up. So yeah, that's, that's, that's the joint right there. That's the, that's the inspirational. So you got to have an inspirational amongst all the gangster shit, you know, <laughs> gangsters pray. <laughs> okay, I'm calling this episode Gangsters Pray uh, with Bryce Gangsters and Brown. Pray. <laughs> I like, that's it. That's the soundbite right there. That is so, I think it's such an inspirational moment and like such a great message for your daughters because life just throws a lot of no's at you and you have to know your yes is coming. You have to remember Yeah, my that. baby can sing this song too. If I played it right now, she, <laughs> I swear she would sing this song. Like that's how much we listen to it. She's been listening to it since... She was born, you know, my youngest baby is hearing it now. She's going to know it. So that's, yeah, that's, that's heavy play. Loose Ends is heavily played around the house, but that song is uh, really heavily played in the house, in the car, wherever. It's a good smoke song too. Whenever I'm just smoking and kind of just trying to write some new material and I'm trying to take my mind a different place, I'll play that. So yeah. So I know what you make your kids listen to. Are your kids at that age where they like have like kid songs that you have to hear? Like, there are any songs that are just like kid bop? Yeah, we we definitely we kid bopped up in a car. We got we got that channel, so we got to play that little kid bop channel where they remake all of the songs with kids sounds. So we listen to that. Um, I don't know if she knows any artists yet. She's not into any specific specific artists, but she does know the songs. You know what I mean? Like some come all on, right. she. What is that one kids bop joint that you actually like? Like you like secretly like it a little bit. Like when it comes out, you'll hate it. Because eventually Stockholm Syndrome sets in and you start to like um, enjoy where you're at. Hold on, Taryn. What's that song the trolls sing when they uh when they do the DJ, when the DJ holding his ear? Nuh uh, the other one. Can't stop from eating. Can't stop the feeling. We be jamming that. <laughs> that definitely felt like Justin made that for the parents. Like he was yeah, like, "Yeah, we jamming like, that. That's like <laughs> this is like it's clean, it's upbeat, but it's like it's got uh, that little bass to it. It's for us, you know. It's like for yeah, elder that's millennials. The right yeah, that's the yes. Right that's what we do. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so we we took it from hype to. In my opinion, old fuck boy shit. Uh, <laughs> you gotta have some toxic shit in there. You gotta have some toxic shit. A little bit, like you like future. I was toxic at the time of my life. I mean, you know, yeah, I'm cool. I'm, I'll settle down and cool now. But at the time, you know, we was we were listening to Donnell Jones and shit. <laughs> we were sending lyrics. <laughs> so take me, take me to your number one before we wrap it up. Take me to your number my one. My number one favorite song is again a Tupac song. This song right here, all right, this right here is the best description of a male entertainer who's in a relationship, whether married or whatever. This song right here tells the story. Tupac, Temptations. This song right here is the coldest song ever recorded because it tells the story. Tupac Temptations. Whenever this song comes on, I can't change it. I listen to the whole song. Tupac Temptations on the Me Against the World album. To me, it's the best rap song. It's, uh, it's Tupac at its best. Um, rapping to the ladies. It's, you know, he ain't killing nobody. He, it's just, it's him. And it, it's him with his best poetry. You know what I mean? That's why it's Pac, Pac's my favorite artist. So yeah, Tupac Temptations. I like that a lot. So as an artist, like what it's like to be in a relationship, is it? I've always- like, Kind of, sort of, kind of, sort of. It's kind of like, it's, it's kind of like some parts of it I, I personally feel and some parts I don't. But you just take take bits and pieces of the song and it, and it can apply to your life. Do you think it reflected more who you were when you were younger, like when you were first getting yeah, started? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's one of those. Yeah, that's definitely one of those. When I first started comedy, trying to figure it out before I met my wife, type of songs. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. That's definitely one of those. 
But like I said, so, you can pick and choose. You can pick and choose little bits and pieces of that song, male or female too. Like if you're an entertainer and and they don't understand the business of what you're doing, that's kind of like you know, along those lines. That is that is a tricky thing. I remember when I first started doing comedy, I was briefly dating another comedian, and I'll never forget this because I was so pissed. He got to do a big show at the House of Blues and was like all excited. Uh-huh. So he gets me a ticket, but doesn't get me like a, a VIP ticket or anything. So I have to stand in the back for two whole hours. Like, and I'm like dressed in the nines, like high heels. And I'm like, I know I'm not standing in the back right now. Like I'm embarrassed, right? I meet his mama, like she's so sweet. She loves me. Everything's going great. She leaves for the evening. And then I go get a drink and I come back and he has got this girl in his lap. And I was oh. like, why? What are you doing? Well, hello. Yes, I'm, I'm, here. <laughs> I'm right here. And he goes, you know how it is. I'm a comedian. I have to keep people happy. And I was just like, what? I ain't never went that far. Like the most I'd be like, like I'll post a picture with, you know what I mean? Like a little old, you know, we here. <laughs> like, but ain't no laugh yet. Nah, nah. <laughs> See, I knew he was, I knew I was being, I knew I was being reasonable. I was like, I crossed the line of sitting in laps. Like, you don't need to sit in his lap. <laughs> right? Yeah, nigga wasn't that funny. <laughs> you wasn't a headliner. <laughs> what is, uh, have you ever had a story with like a jealous partner who just didn't like you doing comedy? Man, so yeah, so that's one of the reasons my wife is my wife. She was like the only person I met. When I, while I was doing comedy, kind of like dating that just let me do comedy, right? Like she didn't necessarily have to be at the shows. She didn't necessarily have to, you know, my wife's not even on social media. So that's kind of like, it's, I guess I'm so low key. I needed to be, I needed to be with somebody who was comfortable with me being low key. And that was as low key as me. Mm. You know what I mean? When you're doing comedy and you dating some of these people, or you dated some of these people, they feel like the job comes with a lot of other things, meeting who you're working with, uh, coming to the shows, you know, just all of this. It's like, no, I'm still working. Like, yeah, it's fun, but it's still a job. And I still have to come in here and be able to perform without having to worry about, did you get your seat? Are you comfortable? Uh, you know, you ordering too much? You know what I mean? It's like, it's all these little things, you know. <laughs> are you in the green room too long or are you just walking around a comedy club like you own it like who are you like you're making me look bad so yeah I've had all of those experiences uh, at the beginning that is always so funny when friends and family do not understand that like yes this Don't is fun but it's it. also my job like my brother and I opened for Michael Che and my brother-in-law was trying to come backstage and I was like <laughs> But like during the show, like the show wasn't over yet. And he just wanted to come kick it with Michael before he went up. And I was like, no! <laughs> where, where, wherever I sit you, you stay there until I come get you and be like, come on. But let's not do this whole asking me, hey, you mind if I can go in the back? Can we get a pick? Like, I know how to set all that up. All right? Like, if, if the person I'm with cool with all that picture, you'll get you, you'll get the meat and all that. But just let me do it on my time. Don't come in here forcing the, the the interaction and that's what a lot of people tend to do uh when you try to bring them you know bring them into your little world so you know i'm, I'm real i was you know, met my wife and she didn't do any of that she didn't care about any of it i'm like you know what i can kick it with you for a minute <laughs> you know what i'm saying and, and it turned into what it turned into like still to this day i can have a show and she won't call me she'll just let me do my show and just you know what i mean it's not like a lot of me having to answer the phone, the talk. It's like, she know when I'm working, I'm working. Yeah, and, and you're gonna call. Yeah, and, and she know I'm, I'm chill, you know, she know what I'm doing. Like, I mean, you see me at all the comedy spots. You know, like, I'm the same, you know, I ain't out here on, on, on wilding. And so that's that's another thing, the trust factor. It's like, I'm able to have that freedom to where ain't nobody calling me. What you doing, where you at, what you doing? Y'all ain't started yet, y'all ain't done yet, you ain't headed back, like, I don't get none of that. It was like, I'm, I'm at the spot and I'll call you when I'm done. And, and that's and that's cool enough for where we at. That is what it's all about. Just like trust and faith in what you're doing, because that's also a big part of believing in you. If someone says they believe in your path, but then refuses to accept normal parts of it, like I always get confused. 
but there's comedians who have girlfriends who they meet at shows who then get mad that they be at shows. Like, it's like, that's where I got you. That's why I met, you met me here after the show. We were having drinks. Like, you met me like, this is where I'm gonna be at. So, yeah, wifey know me for Corona. Like, the house and the comedy club is pretty much my, those are my two spots. If I'm not at home, I'm at the comedy club. I'm at the comedy club, I'm at home. Now, I'm comfortable with those two being the only spots that you're gonna most likely see Bryson. Like, I'm comfortable. Yeah. Well, that's how it's got to be. Well, thank you so much for telling me about your five songs today. They kind of no shape the world. That is so dope. So the last segment of the show that we like to do is an advice segment where we have callers leave us like a voicemail to kind of say like, hey, here's a problem I'm going through. I have had a lot of shy people who do not mm-hmm. want to do this voicemail segment. They were sending <laughs> me a message, but they're like, I don't want to be on the show. So I got one in my inbox and I'm okay. just going to summarize it because it's kind of long. But basically this person really wants to get started as a comedian and they feel like their friends and family aren't going to support them at first and they're just wondering how they go about doing it when it feels like nobody's in your corner so you can't say any of the songs you already suggest if you're going to say hey man this is a song i dedicate to you to get you where you need to be what would you say Mm. i would probably say ah Man, I don't know. It it would probably be a currency song. And I say currency because he's an artist that strived underground so long without mainstream support that that's one artist that I look at and it's like, okay, if I can have a comedy career like that, I will be perfectly fine. Right? It's like currency is comfortable as hell so i would probably say man anything by currency will kind of get you in that mode of saying forget whoever else put your plan down stick to your plan and and mash for it like i feel like that's currency is pretty much about that and smoking but he he really he really has a grind to him and uh and uh inspiration to him when you listen to him you want to kind of get up and do what you do what you uh what you were set to do, he, he kind of make you get up and do that, along with smoking while doing it. But yeah, anything by Currency, I would say Currency is that artist that I listen to, like a motivational artist. Uh, yeah. I don't have a song for you. Well, no, no, I'm saying, I don't have a song for him, but I'm saying Currency kind of puts you in that motivation to kind of get mm-hmm. up and go get it, you know what I mean? Smoking while doing it. <laughs> but it's a motivation currency. Um, projects through his music that kind of gets me in that mode to where it's like I don't care about mainstream success as long as the people that's fooling with me fool with me and they continue to support we gonna climb to wherever we need to climb despite who who don't fool with it you know what I mean yeah I love that I love that idea because it's that's what you have to do if you go into it with the idea of I want to show this one uh how good I am or proved that you cannot you can't can't yeah Not in comedy. You so you so yeah. alone in comedy, like from the traveling to the staying in your room to the going to cities to where you don't know who you're working with. You you know, a lot of people you meet that night, you know, you're not gonna click with everybody and go out. So you really on you by yourself damn near seventy five percent of the time unless you're traveling with a group of people and you at that level where you can bring your friends on with you. But at the beginning, dog, like you're not gonna really have people around you anyway so you're gonna have to get used to just motivating yourself and kind of just you know picking new people to interact with and don't worry about the people that know you because those gonna be those gonna be the the last people to support honestly the people that know you they're gonna be the last people to to support how you feel like you should be supported anyway i think what it comes from with that is people have a hard time seeing someone in a different light than how they found them i mean club owners are the same way like oh i remember you as an open micer (laughs) yeah yeah definitely yeah definitely so it's like you know they'll come to a show or two that you know they might come to all of the shows at the beginning but shit a year after that be be ready to not see anybody that that was coming at the beginning because they didn't see you that's like now they just waiting for you to become that level where they see you when you come on tv that's when they'll support again but it's yeah. like, I love that. Absolutely. I think that 
I think that's a great song. I have to choose one. So I'm going to go in a completely different direction musically. Uh, and I'm going to choose a absolute top 40 banger from like 2002. Uh, let me see. Uh, 2013. Wow. Why did I think this was so old? Okay. Uh, the song is called Brave by Sarah Bareilles. <laughs> Oh no! Say what you want to say, and let the words fall out. <laughs> I, I got it. <laughs> so it is a completely different vibe. But sometimes <laughs> you just need this little voice because it's about it, a little piece of it. Like you said, it's it's lonely. You do you have to do it for mm -hmm. you. You have to do it for you because that external validation is not going to come from anyone else. Right. So you have to have this little voice inside you that's like. I can, and then you just yeah. do it because overthinking you it. Just do it. And, yeah, because so many people are like, "Yeah, I'll do comedy when I uh, write twenty minutes and I'm ready." It's like, no, you won't. You nah, won't even be you good until you get up there and be bad first. Until you get up, yeah, like that, and that's really the best. Like the two best things, I think, just do it and and stay on stage when you do do it. It's like when you decide to do it, and if you if you feel like it's something that you like to do, then you have to be on stage a lot. Like you can't do stand up once, two times a week, and be like, "I'm doing stand up." It's not. This is a. You got to put in reps. You got to be on stage all the time, from the bad spots to the good spots. Like I was talking mess about the bad spots, but I'm at a point now where I'm working a lot, so I don't necessarily have to. But at the beginning, you got to do those spots where you got to wrestle the crowd. Yeah, for real. That is so perfect. Well, thank you so much for being a part of this and just give me some great songs to listen to. I love it. So, okay, tell our listeners where they can find you and how you want them to be a part of your next couple of projects or some projects you want to tell them about. No doubt. Well, you can find me on Instagram, uh, Facebook, Twitter, you know, all of the social media, Bryson, uh, I'm sorry, underscore Bryson Brown. That's on everything, uh, underscore Bryson Brown. So follow me, keep up. We do skits. I have comedy, um, little comedy um, clips that we drop, you know, shows. We're touring right now with Bruce Bruce and Chingo Bling. So we on the road along with my own tour as well. So we traveling. Um, I have an album that's out. It's on iTunes, Spotify, all of the, the musical download things, Pandora, all of that. Uh, it's called Side Bed. Matter of fact, me and Jasmine released our album under the same label umbrella. Um, so, you know, we got the album out, came out in June, and I just released the EP. It's like 18 minutes long, all new comedy. We released that last week um, for New Year's Eve. It's called Joke Dealing in the Pandemic. Um, you can pick that up. That's on iTunes, Spotify, you know, all of the music downloads, too. So that's two projects that you, you can check out um, along with YouTube stuff, too. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for telling us all about it, Bryson. I appreciate no you so much. I'm so happy you're on the show. I appreciate for everyone you. listening. <laughs> for everyone listening, thank you so much for tuning in and listening to Rhythm and Bay podcast. We do this every week. Make sure you follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all the things at Rhythm and Bay podcast. Bay is spelled B-A-E, except on Twitter, where the account is actually Bay and Rhythm because I fucked up. Anyways, and I can't fix it. <laughs> just, just follow me at Bay, Bay and Rhythm on Twitter and check us out. We've got new content coming out every week and look out for video products that are going to be on all of our Patreon. So make sure you support by as always, I'm your host, Jasmine Ellis. You can find me at all the things at Jasmine Ellis Comedy. Thanks so much. Keep it smooth.